Open your Bibles with me to Song of Solomon, chapter 3. Song of Solomon, chapter 3. I'll be brief this evening, and then our brother Jim is going to come and lead us in the Lord's Supper tonight. Amen. Song of Solomon, the Song of Songs, the great love song of a man and his bride, only ever seen in this world between Jesus Christ and his church although it's what we ought to aim for. I'd like to read to you first, though, while you're there in Song of Solomon, chapter 3, this verse that you'll know where I'm headed. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. Personal God? Amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Moses was blessed to have a face-to-face friendly relationship with the Lord God. Joshua, his young assistant, was able to witness that and chose to stay in that tabernacle where he could be close to that God that spoke face-to-face with the Lord, with, with Moses. He wanted that personal fellowship and relationship with God. What I want to spend a few minutes this evening teaching you and reminding you is that the Lord tells us, seek ye my face. We read Exodus 33, and I crave Joshua's job. I understand Joshua's choice, don't you? To stay there, not to leave. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. And that's New Testament. And brethren, we have a way open to us, open for us to God that Moses never saw, not while he was here. He saw it only darkly and only vaguely, and that is the way that Jesus Christ has opened up to God. We can go to him directly. Moses had to wait on the high priest once a year. We can go directly. If the Bible says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you, then that means that they're apart. If we are to draw nigh, and he will draw nigh, that means there's distance between us at times. And tonight, all I want to do is encourage you that when it seems like God is not as close to you as he once was, we're to seek him. Either our sins have separated between us and him, which is usually the case. We're the unfaithful partner in this relationship. But I also want to tell you, he is the universe's greatest lover. And as the lover of our souls and the Lord God of heaven and earth, sometimes he withdraws himself to test and prove and display our love for him to see if we'll chase him. I believe every man in here understands that. That sometimes you might withdraw a little bit in some way from your wife or from the woman who was to become your wife, and your hope was to see her show her affection and desire for you by pursuing you anyway. Now, this is a prerogative of men, not of women. The idea that women should play hard to get is nowhere taught in the Bible or in any reasonable person's mind. That's ridiculous. Because the Bible sets forth Jesus and his church as the relationship governing a man and his wife. We ought to emulate 
Jesus and his church. We ought to copy Jesus and his church. And remember, the church was made for Jesus and not the other way around. The woman was made for the man and not the other way around. But I want you to see in just a few verses of Scripture that sometimes the Lord is separated from his people and he wants us to seek him because do you know what we really show when we seek him when he's left us? How much we need him and how much we want him. And it praises his glorious presence and his love to us when we pursue that love and he hears our cries of anguish that we are disappointed at the loss of fellowship. Just as every man in here would be flattered, as high as a man could be flattered by his wife, when his wife pursues him and seeks him and tells him how disappointed she is when he has withdrawn his attention or his presence or his affection for a short period of time. To be cruel toward a woman, we are nowhere called to that in the word of God, nor is it justified. But a man, in the careful management of his relationship with his wife, if he chooses to do that, a woman shows her love for her husband by pursuing him anyway. Enough on that. I want to speak about Christ and his church, because that's a great mystery. Let me give you this verse from Song of Solomon, chapter 3, and verse 1. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. This is the church speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ when we look at the Song of Solomon in its spiritual highest value, and that is showing the mystery of Jesus Christ and his church that Paul said was the true mystery of marriage in Ephesians 5.32. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Sometimes in our seeking the Lord... Don't we feel held at a distance? Don't we feel that that the preciousness and the vitality of the fellowship and the friendship and the companionship and love that we've had at other times just isn't there? Does everyone know what I'm talking about? Or am I a man alone in the world? I know that I'm not alone because the writers of Scripture have the experience also. But I want to tell you that he's there and all he wants is for us to show our love toward him by seeking his face. Seek ye my face. There would be no need for a commandment, seek ye my face, unless sometimes his face is withdrawn. There would be no such command, but we have it. And he wants us to seek him. And brethren, my goal is every service, every assembly that we have, my goal is the same. How does this church... Be the most pleasing church in this earth to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because we seek his face. Right. We want to run after him. How about chapter 1? Listen to these words. Verse 4. Chapter 1 and verse 4. Draw me. We will run after thee. Draw me. We will run after thee. That's the church speaking to Christ again. Does, is that describing someone that follows hard? Amen. Remember this morning from Psalm 63 and verse 8? We fo- our soul followeth hard after the Lord. And here we're saying, draw me. We will run after thee. This is love. Amen. He says, seek ye my face. 
Brethren, sometimes we know that the Lord has withdrawn himself from us so that we are not experiencing the fullness of the joy and strength and comfort and consolation that his presence is able to give. And if once you've tasted it, those moments that you don't have it are discouraging. They're pitiful. You're in a dry place where there is no water. Your soul is lean, and you want that fatness back. And he encourages us with a number of Bible verses to come after him and to seek him, and he will be found. He is not one that plays so hard to get that he cannot be found. He can be found easily. Right. Oh, to be brief, to be brief, brethren, you know the, many of the Psalms speak to this fact. Amen. Look at a few with me. Psalm 13 and verse 1. Was there a man after God's own heart? Right. Was there a man that walked with God and knew God? It was David the psalmist. And yet, how many of the psalms is David describing the fact that he feels God is too far from him and he wants him close again? Psalm 13, verse 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? That is David, the man after God's own heart. The man that God raised up from the sheepfolds to raise to, to lead all of Israel as their king. The man that could offer sacrifices and dance before the Lord with all his heart that wrote these psalms, the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Look at Psalm 30. Psalm 30. All we want to see right now is that your experience is also shown in the Bible. My experience is also in the Bible. And there's great comfort in the Psalms. Amen. Great comfort. If I didn't have the Psalms, God's Word would not be perfect without the Psalms. And without the Psalms, I would be lost. Because in the Psalms are the comfort of my soul. When I am afraid, it is the Psalms. When I am discouraged, it is the Psalms. Because I find David, a man after God's own heart, was often discouraged also. And I find comfort there. Amen. And talk about lifting up the greatness of God. You go read Psalm 18 sometime when the Lord, when the Lord rises up off his couch to come to your aid, then the earth shook, didn't it? Amen. Yes. Amen. Psalms are wonderful. Don't you ever leave the Psalms. Psalm 30 and verse 7. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. God hid himself and withdrew his blessing, and David was troubled. Here it is, the experience of the psalmist. Psalm 42 and 43, do we know these well? We sang them this morning in number 174 in the other hymnal. These psalms end with the verse, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Things are going to get better. The Lord is coming back. For I shall yet praise him. But both of these psalms, see in the first part of Psalm 42, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So there's his condition, and he gets to the end, and he's, he knows that he's cast down in his own soul, 
Because he's been separated from God, God has not been shining upon him with the fullness of his favor and his joy. And he knows he's cast down, but yet, what's his solution? Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet. He's coming back. He's coming back. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He will never forsake us utterly unless we forsake him. And then eternally, brethren, he still won't forsake us. Is that incredible? Amen. 77. Some of these are long and I don't want to read too many verses. Psalm 77 and Psalm 88, the next two on my list here, are almost entirely about this fact. Psalm 77, verse 2. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. Now, is that a soul where the Lord is applying His full blessing of grace and strength and comfort? Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. I remembered God and was troubled. How can you be troubled remembering God? Because He was remembering the good times He had had with the Lord. The blessing of His countenance. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Ever felt overwhelmed? In your spirit? I love to be in David's category. He was a man after God's own heart, and God loved David. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Are there times where you hardly even know what to say? I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. He remembers nights in which there was a song in his heart because the Lord was so close to him. But now he's making diligent search because something has changed. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. And he goes on to say, I'm going to remember. I'm going to meditate. And I'm going to talk of all his doings. I am going to pursue being spiritually minded. And I'm going to seek his face. And the Lord comes, brethren. There's more. I have a whole string of references out of the Psalms. But I need to move on. Or I will have started out this sermon the wrong way by telling you it was going to be short. Job. Job. Did God withdraw himself from Job? Do you know what the words were? He is in your hand. Don't touch him. Again, he is in your hand. Don't take his life. Does the Lord do that sometimes? But do you know what the Bible tells us? I'm I'm, I'm jumping way ahead of myself. If I get unorganized, just forget about it. Do you know what the Bible tells us in the New Testament? The experience of Job is to teach us that the Lord is of tender mercy and great pity. Because you know what Job got in the end? Do a double. Because I want to tell you, separation is painful, but reunion is better. Reunion is better than it was before. When God came back to Job, you know what kind of a relationship they had that time? And God blessed him with twice as much. And the New Testament tells us that that whole book was to tell us that God is of great 
mercy and tenderness and pities his saints. Amen. So don't forget Job, but I want, I want you to see what he had to say about that. Look at Job 29. Did Job know that the Lord had left him? Come, Amen. Come on. Yes, Job knew that. Look at Job 29. Who had made the mountain of Job to be strong? God had. Satan knew that, didn't he? The only reason that Job's so faithful is because you've put a hedge about him and blessed everything that he has. Now that's quite a relationship with the Lord, isn't it? And so here's Job speaking in Job 29, verse 2. Oh, that I were, as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. As I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me. And then he goes on and describes some of those physical blessings of God's presence. But notice his description here, when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon me, when he helped me walk in darkness, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle in verse 4, and when the Almighty was yet with me in verse 5. God had left him. Another one. Did God ever leave Hezekiah? Yes, God left Hezekiah. Did God ever leave our brother Peter? Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. He was going to let Satan have his way with him to a point, but not all the way. And when thou art converted... Oh, you mean this was already in the plans of God to convert Peter and to restore the presence and blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ to Peter before it even happened? Do you mean God already had that whole thing figured out? Feed my sheep. Convert, strengthen your brethren. Did the Lord Jesus Christ say that? Did he have that all planned out for Peter? Did it make Peter a better man? A better apostle? You bet it did. When we see Jesus over there in John chapter 21, lovest thou me, Simon Barjona? There are some examples. I believe that the Song of Solomon, first of all, shows a picture of Jesus Christ in the church, and second of all, it's a standard of marital love that we all ought to aim for. That's what I believe about the Song of Solomon at this point in my life by the grace of God. I want you to look back at the Song of Solomon with me. And look at some of the references. I gave you a couple. With a, with a little bit of background now of thinking about the statements David made, the statements Job made, the fact of Hezekiah, the fact of Peter, the Lord leaving them for a period of time to come back and bless them. With that in mind, look at some of these expressions. Verse 4 of chapter 1. Draw me, we will run after thee. If you'll give me a little bit of encouragement, O Lord, I will run after you. I will seek your face. Do you you remember when the psalmist prayed in in Psalm 27? When thou saidest unto me, seek ye my face? Thy, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. There is the Lord Jesus Christ, our God, encouraging us to seek his face. And what should be our response? We will run after thee. We will run after thee. If you withdraw from us, O Lord, and you tell us to seek your face, we are coming after you. 
And I want this church committed to that. That even when he leaves you personally for a little while, or he may leave our church for a little while, not altogether, brethren, but in the fullness of his joy and in the strength of his presence and the comfort and consolation of his spirit, he can withdraw some of those blessings. The desire of our heart must be, we will run after thee. We are not going to quit. You cannot get rid of us. We are going to chase you, O Lord, because to whom else shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ once told his apostles, Are you going to go away also? What, What kind of words are those? What was he looking for? He was looking for what he got, brethren. To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Please remember that from John chapter 6. Please understand the Song of Solomon in the light of exchanges like that in the New Testament so that you're not confused as we see some of these expressions in the Song of Solomon. That's chapter 1 and verse 4. Look at verse 7. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest. This is the church speaking to Christ. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? To whom shall we go? There is no one but the Lord. And what is, if thou knowest not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tent. When the Lord hears us wanting to approach him that way and our, and our desire to seek his face and to get close to him, he will show us how to do it. And he will lead us to where we have that relationship with him that we desire. Chapter 2, chapter 2 and verse 9. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Now, what kind of a game is this in the Song of Solomon? This is a lover's game. He isn't isn't coming right out and exposing himself. He isn't coming right up to her and grabbing her. He is hiding behind a wall. He standeth behind a wall. He looketh out the window, and he shows himself through the lattice. Not clearly. Not clearly. What does he want? Let's just keep exploring this book a little bit. Chapter 3. We've already read the first verse, but I want to keep reading. Chapter 3, verse 1. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. What is the response? Despair? Cast down and destroyed? I will rise now. I love this woman. This is a picture of the church, and this is the way we ought to be toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And if any woman in here has a mind that wants to hear the Lord God telling her how to be a great wife, this is it, right here. But the main lesson is for us to seek the Lord this way. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets, and in the broad ways I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen, I like my job. The watchmen that go about the city found me. To whom I said, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them. 
But I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that had conceived me. That is a lover. That is the church chasing the Lord Jesus Christ. I sought him, but I found him not. But I'm not going to lay in this bed in despair. I will rise now. I will go about the city. I'll look in the broad ways. I'll find him whom my soul loveth. And there were watchmen that helped her. And just after she had left the watchman, she found him whom her soul loved. And what did she do to him? I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into the chamber of her that had conceived me, wanting the intimacy, the ultimate intimacy of that relationship back. And that is how we ought to seek the Lord. I will rise now, and I will go seek him whom my soul loveth. That is what the Lord's looking for. Can you? Does everyone understand that the God of heaven, whose name is Jealous with a capital J, demands and expects and wants our love, our great love. And so how does he, how does he get, extract it from us? How does he get us to prove it to him, but to withdraw himself and to see if we will rise now and pursue him? Amen. Every man should understand what I'm talking about, and every woman should understand what it takes to do this. But we're talking about a perfect bridegroom. Not the imperfect ones that are in here, but still, you should. This We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to chapter 5. Chapter 5. I have read the Song of Solomon frontwards, backwards, and inside out looking for some of these, and I, ha- I know I had more pleasure than I'm going to be able to give you, but I'm, I'm trying to look at some of these expressions and to see... Once you have the foundation in your mind that God sometimes withdraws himself from his saints to see in the Song of Solomon the response that we ought to have, and that's to seek his face. Song of Solomon chapter 5, verse 2. I sleep, but my heart waketh. I have to keep. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, My dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat, how shall I put it on? I have washed my feet, how shall I defile them? My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh, Upon the handles of the lock, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchman that went about the city found me. They smote me, they wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if ye find my beloved, that ye tell him that I am sick of love. These were bad watchmen. These were bad pastors that did not help in the pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll flat out tell you, my favorite verses in all the Song of Solomon are 9 through 16, but it's not my thought for tonight. So I'm just going to leave them alone. Because she is asked, what is her beloved that is different from any other beloved? Right. And she answers right well. Amen. She answers right well. But I want to tell you that she found her beloved in chapter 6. 
after she described him in all of his glory, which is part of seeking his face, she found him in chapter 6. Look at chapter 8. Here's what she says. Oh, that, verse 1, Oh, that thou wert as my brother, that sucked the breasts of my mother. When I should find thee without, I would kiss thee. Yea, I should not be despised. You know, when, when she is seeking and pursuing the king of Israel, there's protocol to follow. She can only have him when it's appropriate. He's a busy man. He's a king. So she's saying, I wish you were just my brother. Because then whenever I saw you anywhere, I could lay my hands on you and kiss you. Now is that desire? This is our desire for the Lord Jesus Christ. I would lead thee and bring thee into my mother's house, who would instruct me. I would cause thee to drink of spiced wine of the juice of my pomegranate. His left hand should be under my head, and his right hand should embrace me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that ye stir not up nor awake my love until he please. The ultimate intimacy of the marital relationship between Christ and his church. I tell you a mystery. I speak of Christ and the church. Seek ye my face, the Lord said. Look at Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. How mu- this is being spiritually minded. This is seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is loving Him above everything else. Amen. This is when you're discouraged about your relationship with Him, to hope thou in God. And to meditate and to remember Him as much as you possibly can to speak of Him to others, He will return. It is to rise up now and to pursue Him in the streets. Isaiah 49 and verse 13. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountain. For the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palm of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. That is the Lord's relationship to us. We might think and feel and say sometimes that the Lord's forsaken us, but he has to say this back to us. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That's a rhetorical question, no. But the Lord says, yea, they may, but I won't. Right. I have you graven on the palms of my hands. Now, is that someone worth seeking? Amen. It, seeking that being, is there any fear of rejection? No. You know what happens when someone withdraws from us? We fear that their affection toward us is no longer. Therefore, if we pursue someone that has withdrawn their affection and attention, we run the risk of exposing ourselves, and they will not return in kind. Men don't understand this as much. But do you, do you all understand? Amen. When, when, when affection and love has been withdrawn, and we are pursuing that person, there is the risk that when we do find them, and we do get close to them, we'll be informed that the relationship is over. But brethren, I want to tell you something tonight. It's not over. We're graven on the palms of His hands. And the Lord can no more forget us. Well, 
He's not anything like a woman with a nursing child. She might forget, but he won't forget. Right. Look at Psalm 30. Psalm 30. I love, brethren, i got to start at verse 1. I want verse 5, but please just follow with me, please. Verse 1, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Amen. When he withdraws, it's always short, and joy is going to come in the morning. Oh, my brethren, let us pursue him. Let us seek him. How do we seek God? We seek God in those quiet times of meditation and prayer and reading and confession and praise that we do in our own souls without anyone else. This is our personal relationship with God. What was said tonight in the way of thanksgiving, that our God is a personal God. We started that way in Psalm 63 this morning. Oh God, thou art my God. And so we seek his face personally. God is able to have a very intimate relationship with every one of us. And for those of you that crave that, I preach this message. And I try to teach you from the word of God and and, and encourage your hearts that when you chase and run after this bridegroom, you'll never be disappointed. Amen. Didn't we last Sunday look at a place in 1 John chapter 1 that says that eternal life that was with the Father and was from the beginning has come to have fellowship with us, that our joy might be full? Remember? That which was from the beginning, the Lord Jesus Christ has come to have fellowship with us that our joy might be full. That's what he's offering. That's why John wrote, These things write unto you that your joy might be full, that ye might have fellowship with us and with him, even God our Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. This is living a spiritually minded life. This is seeking the things that are above. It's to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and to chase him by being a wonderful wife and a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will restore our souls. And when he is angry for our sins, or he withdraws himself for a, how long? Season. For a season. But it's really only a moment. Right. For his anger endureth but a moment. And his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Turn to Isaiah 45. He has commanded us to seek his face. I recently preached to you from Isaiah 55 that said, Seek ye my face. Seek his face while the Lord may be found. But let's look at Isaiah 45. Verse 19. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. I want you to know that that little prepositional phrase, in vain, is not modifying our seeking. 
It's modifying the Lord speaking. We don't seek the Lord in vain. That's the Lord doesn't tell us to seek him in vain. He is going to be there when we seek him. New Testament's James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Did you hear the Lord say that? He knows that we might doubt his words, seek ye my face, as if it's going to be an impossible task or something very difficult for us. But he said, I didn't teach that in vain. I didn't command that in vain. You'll find me if you'll seek me. And don't we have verses to that end? If you'll seek me with your whole heart, you shall find me. Jeremiah 29, 13. I know that there are some young people in here that's their favorite verse in the Bible. They have said. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. There's the promise. I said the verse earlier. But remember, to draw nigh to God, which is moving toward God, and to have have him draw nigh to us, means that there was separation. And the solution is so simple. There's no elaboration here. We're expected to go look at the Psalms, look at the Song of Solomon, look at the book of Isaiah, to fill out what James wrote here. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Brethren, if you want that closer, more filling, fulfilling, consoling, comforting, strengthening relationship with God, the Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, we draw nigh to Him. We go after Him in private, in our closets. We pray, we confess, we read His Word, we meditate upon Him, we remember Him, we speak to Him, we praise Him, we beg Him. We tell Him how much we love Him and how much we miss Him and want the fullness of His joy back. He will be found. Draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. Hosea, chapter 5. After the book of Daniel, the book of Hosea, chapter 5. Hosea, chapter 5, and verse 15 is what I want to read to you. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Sometime God brings, the reason I'm raising this verse right now is that God brings affliction into our lives to encourage us to seek his face. Peter sought out the Lord Jesus Christ and and served him faithfully after what had happened to him. David, we just read several Psalms of David being in a state of affliction, but that affliction, the Lord delivering him out of that affliction caused great praise to come out of his mouth. The Lord uses affliction to bring us back to him. And so we should remember that. But what I want you to see is that the Lord is asking, seeking us to seek him. They will seek me early because of affliction. Back to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54. Have you ever felt like verse 6? I'm going to read it. Now let's just keep on reading though. Isaiah 54, 6. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith thy God, a rejected woman. Ever felt like that, that you've been rejected? The Lord's, there's a distance between you and the Lord. I love verse six because of what follows. Six is a nice by itself, but listen to this. For a small moment, Have I forsaken thee? 
but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this, listen to this, brethren, this this rejection for a moment, but the recovering forever, this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. Though Though there are those short periods of time where the Lord for a little anger, for a short moment, withdraws himself, he has gathered us together in great mercy, and he'll never forsake us. He says, this is like Noah to me. I promised I'll never send a flood again. I'm never going to desert you. The hills can depart and the mountains can go away, but I will never go away. You want to talk about strong love language? This is it from the Word of God. And He's consoling us and comforting us, but most of all, He's encouraging us to seek His face that He will be found. Jeremiah 29, and I'm bringing this to a close, brethren. Jeremiah 29 Soon, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Oh, brethren, if he is withdrawn and we're wondering, we're cast down in our souls, we're wondering if the Lord still loves us, what do we want to know most? What he's thinking about us. Isn't that what we want to know? Don't we rise up now and I will pursue him to find out what the Lord's thinking about us? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Here they are. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. What we want, what we're seeking. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. Now these words were given to the church under the Old Covenant. But the church under the Old Covenant had these things written down and recorded for our learning, is what the Bible tells me in the book of Romans. These things were written for our learning. The thoughts of the Lord toward us are peace. But I found him not, but you continue seeking. Draw me, we will run after thee. So he withdraws himself. Are you going to run after him? Do you want to know what his thoughts are? He's given us some consolation in the Word of God so that you'll run with all your might in pursuing Him because His thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace. He'll never turn you away. Turn to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, the last reference I'll turn you to. Do you know what the Lord Jesus Christ said when He addressed the church at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3? I know I mentioned it just last Sunday, verse 20. He starts out at verse 17. He says, you think you're rich. You're poor. You don't have me. Do you want me? I'll make you rich. I'll give you gold you've never seen before. I'll clothe you with clothes you've never worn before. You want me? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If there's anyone in here that thinks that I took liberties with the Song of Solomon, 
then go read Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open that door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Amen. And brethren, they have stolen that verse from us. The rest of this city, in their ignorance of the Bible, thinks that Revelation 3.20 is a verse that is to be taken into the gutter of the Greenville Detention Center and handed to anyone indiscriminately. <coughs> that verse was written to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the city of Laodicea. Amen. He is not knocking on the heart's doors of sinners. He is knocking on the heart's doors of his saints. Do you really want to have a relationship? There's a song that we, that, that we sing, I used to sing it, called Higher Ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, help me find that higher ground. And that higher ground is what Jesus is offering in Revelation 3.20 to that church at Laodicea. They stole a verse from us, brethren, and it makes me mad. Because when people take a verse and destroy it with their false doctrine, it, it saddens the hearts of God peop, God's people. Amen. Do you know that I can show you that in the Bible? Amen. Do you know that I can show you a verse that says they, steal, they make sad the hearts of the righteous Amen. and they embolden the hearts of the wicked by destroying the integrity of the Word of God? That verse is for you tonight. Revelation 3.20. Amen. Lord, you do the rest. Here's all I have to say to you, brethren. Verse 8, when thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Amen. I pray that you will seek the Lord Jesus Christ like you never have before, Amen. and that you will run after him, and that you will rise now and pursue him in the streets, Amen. and that you'll open to him. He will come into you, brethren. May Jesus Christ be praised.